Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson did something uh, unusual that surprised people this past week. And I am I'm not a fan of Boris Johnson or the policies of of his government. Um, not yet. Uh, certainly, he'll get his chance in the next year or two to see you know, what what he's actually going to deliver. But he canceled a meeting with Donald Trump. This was a scheduled visit to the White House. And apparently, in, according to reports, in a heated telephone exchange, Donald Trump slammed the phone down whilst talking to the British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. And a lot of people are speculating about what this might be over. Well, there's a couple of issues uh, that are actually, um, it's probably more likely more than one issue. Uh, and so because of this phone call that, that went bad, basically, this heated exchange, um, the the British Prime Minister canceled his vis- scheduled visit to the White House. Now, that's a big deal. That doesn't happen very often, considering the, quote, special relationship. Well, we'll see how special the relationship is in the next few months. What are those two burning issues? Well, the first one is an issue about extradition, about the extradition agreement between the United States and the UK. And not, no, unfortunately, not about Julian Assange. This is about another case. But it's very much connected with Assange uh, tangentially in terms of its uh, symbolic and political value. A 19-year-old British teenager named Harry Dunn was struck down in a hit-and-run incident. An American woman named Anne Sakulas. She was the wife of a U.S. intelligence operative. She was apparently driving on the wrong side of the road, <clears throat> as you do, Americans in Britain, uh, <laughs> some of them anyway, and uh, struck and killed this poor 19-year-old named Harry Dunn. And what does she do? Uh, she, was, she was breathalyzed on the scene by the police, and uh, she left, and they gave, you know, took her details. Of course, she'd be, uh, there'd be an investigation. What does she do? She takes off, flees the country, claims diplomatic immunity because her husband's an intelligence operative. Later we find out, well, first they said he was a diplomat. Then we, we learned he was an intelligence operative. And then after that, we learn that uh, maybe she's an intelligence operative as well. So this is interesting, isn't it? So the parents are obviously irate, and Britain has asked for her to return, and she's refused. She's claiming diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity was not designed for cases like this. this they're about sort of high-level, more higher-level statecraft issues. But here this is being used, this privilege is being used, and many people believe in this case abused by this uh, woman and Sekoulas. This is creating a little bit of a problem. Because according to the UK and US extradition pact agreement, this particular incident does fall under, neatly under that agreement. And the argument is that the, Brit- the British are making is that when America wants to extradite somebody from Britain, it's no problem. They've complied and, and done so every time. Uh, 
But when Britain wants to extradite someone from the United States, they can't do it. Uh, they, there's various roadblocks that get thrown up. And this case is obviously a, a major precedent case. This will have an effect. I, I, I predict this can politically, this can create some enough political pressure to make the British government and the judiciary think and, and seriously consider what role they're playing in handing over a journalist on spurious, fabricated charges of espionage. And this, this, will be, this case will be laid out starting next week at the High Court in London, at Belmarsh Court, actually, uh, for the hearing, the extradition hearing of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. We'll be there to cover this, by the way. We'll be on the ground and be reporting for numerous media outlets, including this one, UK Column, and others. Uh, so you'll see our reports next week. But th this, this has the potential to, to create enough pressure and to make the government and maybe the, what, what happens in the public sphere and in the government sphere absolutely will affect how a judge rules on a certain case. But if there's enough public pressure that builds on this point, which is a good point, um, it, it, it does give, it should even give the most ardent hawk that wants to black sack Assange and send him over to, to a show trial in the United States. Even the worst hawk should be, a, give them reason to have pause and think about this for a minute. Is this, uh, what is this relationship that they have with the United States? Now, at the, at the Five Eyes deep state level, no problem. No problem at all. They'll just comply. But there's a real issue here. These are, this, is, this is a real case. These are real people. The family is, is, is grieving. Obviously, they're not going to be able to grieve properly with this situation hanging in the air. And boy, you don't want that, that festering because that does have implications. That, that angst will grow. And uh, it's definitely not positive for the United States to. She she may she she's being charged with dangerous driving in her in absentia, and uh, she, she she might have she might be charged, might be convicted, maybe she doesn't have to serve time. I don't know, but she, the, the judicial process is criminal justice process is not being allowed to happen because of her status in the intelligence community. Claiming diplomatic immunity. So the other issue between the U.S. is Huawei, the Chinese telecoms firm. Uh, Boris Johnson has defied Trump and said that they will be using f Huawei products in their 5G rollout in the U.K. And, of course, Trump absolutely forbids this. So it could be one of those two issues, the extradition issue or the 5G issue or both, that caused this storm. It's interesting how two relatively, some might say, minor issues might cause a fracture in the so-called special relationship. Isn't that interesting? So I guess that maybe that special relationship isn't as strong as some people think when you get down to it. But, there, of course, there are structural forces in the background uh, that may just steamroll all of this and get things back on keel, as they say, uh, with the status quo. Now, in, speaking of China, the Munich Security Conference, China was the rage. And the, the U.S. tech firms are up in arms and putting pressure on the White House on Trump uh, about uh, Huawei technology uh, being used. Maybe this is a comp competition, anti-competition move, but this is also from the intelligence community. This is a big issue. So who do they send over to talk about this? 
to the Munich Security Conference, none other than Nancy Pelosi, if you can believe it. No, we're not joking. This is not satire. What was she doing, the House Speaker, at the Munich Security Conference? Well, there's a lot of uh, strange actors there, including Mark Zuckerberg, which we commented on Friday. But here, here's the speech. I'll just play this for you. Uh, here is the speech Nancy Pelosi gave. There was a Q&A as well, which was very embarrassing. But go ahead and li- we'll listen to this and listen closely. This is supposedly the third most powerful person in, in the United States trying to uh, string this uh, little sentence together. Here we go. Now I'm going to say something that may not be agreeable to many of you here because you invited candor, no lecture, but candor. And that is the subject of 5G and cybersecurity. China is seeking to export its digital autocracy through its telecommunication giant Huawei, threatening economic retaliation against those who do not adopt their technologies. The United States has recognized Huawei as a national security threat by putting it on our entity list, restricting engagement with U.S. companies. Nations cannot cede our telecommunication infrastructure to China for financial expediency. The floor is yours. Yeah, please. Wow. So she really struggled. She really struggled through that. So having problems putting a sentence together. So clearly she is not in a fit state of mind. So (laughs) what's... What's interesting is that a Chinese woman, we don't have time to play this other clip, but a Chinese woman got up in the Q&A and asked her, and she made a good point. She said, the United States has introduced all of this technology into into China over the years. Um, so ever since 40 years of, of, of Chinese reform began 40 years ago. And so Pelosi's argument is that somehow... Huawei is going to threaten the democracy or the security, whatever, uh, uh, of the West. Okay, one, one, one company. And so this, this Chinese woman got up and asked her, and she said, you know, you've introduced all this technology to, to China over these years, and the Communist Party wasn't threatened and was very success, successful. And so many tech firms and so forth. Um, so how is it that a single company in a set of of components from Huawei is a threat to Western democracy. She said to Pelosi, is Western democracy so fragile that it can be broken by, by this one component of technology? And that's an interesting question uh, that was given there by this, by this Chinese woman. So you have to give her credit for that question because it's a perfect argument, in fact. And what if the answer is yes? What if Western democracy is is that fragile, is that brittle? Well, if that's the case, then let me tell you that people in the West have a much bigger problem to deal with than a bit of Chinese kit. The real answer to the threat, in my opinion, is that this is seen as a threat by the Five Eyes Intelligence Industrial Complex. So this, think of the five eyes, Uh, this is the U.S., Britain, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, plus all the other extended countries that that cooperate with that. Think of the five eyes as a type of a digital pentagon. This is a good way to, to think of them. Think of the five eyes as a digital pentagon. And so this is where the threat 
lies for the West. So this is the military-industrial complex, which is made up of digital tech companies, monopolies, and they want absolute total control and coverage on on telecoms, on everything that uh, that they're rolling out. So that look at that in terms of the five G system as really the backbone of a surveillance state. So there's obviously a separate debate about 5G technology. You know, is it safe? Arguably, this is a more important debate. What is it? How does it work? Is it really safe? What are the implications? Health, environment, mental health, etc. Obviously, <laughs> uh, Extinction Rebellion is not interested in this issue. Surprise, surprise. Surprise. 